Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Corporate America needs to reestablish the great employee. Corporate America, to a certain extent, cannot continue to appease and placate employees. Now, let me explain. 41% of employees today are actually leaving due to a lack of career development. Over 80 to 85% of employees lack self-awareness. Today's talent shortage is leading companies to create benefits and flexible workspaces and higher salaries and signing bonuses. Yet what they're not doing is establishing Workplace expectations. Let me explain further. When somebody is onboarded at a company, think about that onboarding. Typically, onboarding is specific to the job expectations and duties, and justifiably so. Yet I think a missing piece is behavioral expectations. Sitting down with a candidate and say, look, if we hire you in the first year, we are probably not going to have conversations around Career advancement, here's why. It's going to take you 12 months to fully get used to our culture, your job. And the first inclination many people have is to have this knee-jerk reaction, I want something more. We would ask you for a one-year reprieval, one year of truly committed to the company. Now, when said, people of reason, people who are reasonable, will absolutely accept that. Now, I'm going to share something with you with onboarding. We have to absolutely 100% set behavioral expectations such as when we hire you, we are going to ask you to do the job. We are going to ask you to do it with a positive attitude, great team disposition, helpfulness, open acceptance of feedback, and we're going to help you do those things. Is that acceptable to you? Now, it's rhetorical, right? Because nobody's going to say no in the moment, but it has to be emphasized. Such as Bob, I just want to be very clear. We think you have incredible talent. We want you to join the organization, yet we want to be very clear that our organization absolutely demands professional etiquette and behaviors. Once you establish expectations, you get rid of not everything, you certainly get rid of some of the problems. Number two, establish a path of year one. Job training, behavioral expectations, and let me give you, I believe, two things that people need to do in their first year. One, I think it'll serve as a distraction to someone's wandering mind to wanting, wanting something more. Now, that's not why you do it, but I think there's an inherent benefit there. Number one, we need to teach people to create a positive relationship with feedback. Anything improving requires repetition and practice. Let's be candid. 
Most people do not have a positive relationship with feedback. People say it all the time. Let me go back to Tasha Yurik's study. 80 to 85% of people lack self-awareness. So when somebody says, oh, I love feedback. Feedback is your friend. I think people, I think that is just a load of crap. Here's how I know that. Watch somebody when they get feedback. Listen to your friends when they talk about the feedback they got at work. Do they get emotional? That means they've been triggered. Most of us are. So the way you establish a feedback culture is to practice it. I believe a cadence of one time a week for 52 straight weeks, somebody should ask for feedback. Now, feedback has to be facilitated on the grounds of perception versus intent. It also has to be established on the grounds of non-agreement or disagreement. See, I think people dismiss feedback based on agreement or disagreement. When you go up to someone with a negative attitude and say, Charlie, you're not getting along with your teammates. We need you to be more positive. When was the last time you heard somebody say, you know what? I think you're right. I'm awful to my teammates. Number two, when people ask for feedback, they have to do it once a week with a peer, a subordinate, cross-departmental teammate, upper-level management, and let's say their boss. And that will give them an ongoing collection of perceptions. Then give somebody a journal. Write down the perception and actions they're going to take to alter that perception. Now, feedback should also be asked on what are the things that I'm doing really, really well. So if we encourage people to develop a positive relationship with feedback, to ask for two or three things that they do extremely well, and then the one area where they have an opportunity to improve, we're teaching people to seek feedback. Most people do not seek feedback. Number two, when we ask them to journal it, journaling has been reported to reduce stress. And when we write it down, we tend to own it more. When you frame it out in terms of the perception shared with you and the actions you're going to take, what happens over time is they start to become more acclimated. They start to create inclinations of what they need to do to alter the perception associated with the feedback given. Over time, through practice and repetition, guess what happens? becomes a part of the repertoire of becoming a great employee. Now, if you do that for the first year, onboarding to the job, onboarding to behavioral expectations, and establishing the path of year one, that we're not going to talk about promotions. We're going to help you become a superstar employee. Then number three, after year one, you start the career coaching conversations. In terms of asking people, where do you see yourself now? What's the desired place based on what you know about the organization? And what are your plans to get there? And what could we do to assist you? Here's the funny thing. We provide opportunities as employers. We do not own people's careers. We do not have full autonomy over someone's life and career choice. We provide choices. That choice has to come from the mind of the employee. So we call this the employee difference. See, seven out of 10 employees are neutrally or actively disengaged. We have an opportunity to set expectations, create a path, then ultimately this will lead to greater talent development and retention. Share your thoughts. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign seven to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.